Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Uh, called Aliens, and uh, we've been having fun with that. Uh, Fred's been visiting us each week. He's a great volunteer. Last week he was a greeter. This week he's working the camera. And uh, just I hope you've met Fred. If you hadn't Fred, met Fred, you need an opportunity to meet Fred. We'll, we'll, we'll show him to you up close and personal. Uh, I'm seeing him show up on Facebook now. And uh, I don't think he has a page yet, but uh, he does have photographs there. So anyway, we're having fun. Well, aliens, aliens, extraterrestrials. We, when we think about uh, aliens, I don't know what pops in your mind, but I think about like green skin, one eye in the middle of their forehead, antennas popping out everywhere, space-hopping creatures that, that, that are trying to overtake the universe. We, we've been intrigued by them for generations. I don't, I don't know what it is, but this question about whether or not we're alone, are we alone in the universe, seems to be something that we continually ask. And what we've established in week one of this series is that there are aliens. In fact, you're sitting next to one right now. We are the aliens. Yeah, you knew it. You knew it. You could tell it. They're strange. They're weird. They're different. We're supposed to be that way because we're aliens. First Peter chapter 2 made it abundantly clear. In verse 11, Peter, Peter addresses us like this. He says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers. We are aliens. We're not of this world. We're passing through. This world is not our home. We're just pilgrims. We're, we're, on, we're on this journey to another realm, another place. And so what we've started talking about is what that means for us. You'll remember that week one I said that because we're aliens, we cannot continue to suffer from the blends where we just blend in. Nobody seems to be able to spot us anymore. We don't want anybody to know that we're a believer anymore. We want to hide out and not let anybody see that there's something different about us. We should stand out. We should be different. It's not caused by the fish on your car or your Christian t-shirt, but by your lifestyle. Peter went on and he said, look, abstain from fleshly lusts and be excellent in your spirit and I said to you that the way that we stand out is that we don't do what everybody y'all ain't even helping me yet we don't do what everybody else do, does we abstain from that stuff so that our lifestyle sets us apart and he said to be excellent you should be the best you can be that's not the army stole that from first Peter uh, you ought to be all that you can be you ought to be the greatest the best employee the best spouse the best parent the best the best friend that's who you ought to be because we're to excel so that as we live like that our lifestyle and our attitude leads people to our leader that's why we stand out, so that people will begin to ask you, take me to your leader. I want to know what's different about you. And then last week we talked about the fact that aliens are supposed to be invading. They're supposed to be taking over. That's why Jesus looked at his disciples and said, occupy until I come. That word occupy is not a passive. We, we've turned it into this passive concept of we'll just hold the fort until Jesus comes. We'll just huddle up us four no more and just try to make it by the hair of our chinny chin chin and the skin of our teeth and hopefully one day he'll come and rescue us that's not what Jesus meant he said I want you to occupy and I told you that that term means this to dispossess our enemy of territory we're supposed to take over we're supposed to invade we are supposed to be take dominating and bringing the, the kingdom of God to bear on the kingdom of earth 
That's who we're supposed to be. And I said, well, how do we do that? Well, aliens operate in alien power. But I told you that alien power only comes when we take part in alien purpose. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, go and make disciples of all men, all nations. Then he said, and these things will follow you. And he, and he begins to list out these signs. Can I show you what it's like in most Pentecostal circles? Can I just show you just real quick? Let me show you. Tari, come here. Uh, Derek, come here. Y'all get to be signs today. They're signs. Come on. Come on, Derek. All right. You get to be healing. All right. You're going to be healing. All right. Get out here in front of me. Derek, I'm going to make you uh, deliverance. You'll just be deliverance, right? Healing and deliverance. This is how typically in Pentecostal circles it happens. Uh, did that sound like circuses? What? I didn't mean. Pentecostal circles, typically this is what happens. Here are signs. All right. They start going. Start walking. And here's Pentecostals. Oh, please, I want that. I want that. Heal me, deliver. Right? Hang on. Stop right there. Jesus said, as aliens, this is how it's supposed to happen. Y'all turn around. Come on, boys. Follow me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Follow me. I've got healing following me. I've, that's how it's supposed to be. Right? Y'all can go sit down. We as aliens, oper when we operate according to our purpose, we are followed by that kind of, y'all ain't helping me none. I, I just can't get no help this morning. Because what, what are you leaving behind? What's trailing you? Is chaos trailing you? Is stress trailing you? Is sickness trailing you? Is brokenness trailing you? When what's supposed to be trailing you is healing and power and deliverance and joy. All right, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all stayed up too late watching a sorry game. I, I, yeah, yeah, we should be followed by signs. And so this morning, I want us to go one more step because as aliens, there's something else that should be different about us. I want you to watch this clip and see if it will set the pace this morning. Than pause. She sent us four quavers, a group of five quavers, a group of four semi quavers. The only thing these phrases have in common are five, six. I hope somebody's taking all this down. What are we saying to each other? Seems to try to teach us a basic tonal vocabulary. It's the first day of school, fellas. Four, four, call us, call us. We are aliens. 
Yes, the aliens are supposed to communicate. That's what's going on. That's a classic scene from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. All you old folks remember that, didn't you? All right, I did. I, uh, the, the aliens are supposed to be communicating. We're supposed to talk differently. The guy says, I hope you guys are writing this down. And the other guy says, it's the first day of school, fellas. We don't understand. What are we saying to one another? How are we communicating? If we are aliens, our communication should be different. It's going to get tight in here. So let's see how aliens are instructed to communicate. There are basically two main passages of Scripture that I want to deal with that give specific instruction that we are to follow as guidelines in how we're supposed to communicate. Uh, they, they, they deal with the impact of alien communication, and then they deal with the type of communication we should practice. So I want you to join me in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read. Uh, several verses of scripture there in Ephesians chapter 4 and then we're going to move to Ephesians chapter 5 and then we're going to jump over to James chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 4 beginning of verse 24 says this. It says, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. What this adds up to then is this, no more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. And when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Verse 29. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. That's a powerful passage of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. Though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, those who follow Jesus have better uses for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Thanksgiving is our dialect. Verse 6, don't let, our, don't let yourselves get taken in by religious smooth talk. God gets furious with people who are full of religious sales talk but want nothing to do with him. Don't even hang around people like that. Wow. James chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world. Wow. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up and smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. Maybe I ought to just dismiss because that's pretty blunt right there, isn't it? Those passages of Scripture. What they teach us is this. They teach us that alien communication has two-realm impact. Two-realm. The first realm is that our use of our tongue has the ability to impact the realm of the heavens. 
what you say has impact in the realm of the heavens. Notice that, uh, I've never quite seen this before, but notice right in the middle of Paul's instructions to the Ephesians, he's saying, look, uh, don't, don't, don't talk like this. He says, right, at, right at smack dab in the middle of that list, he says this, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Y'all have heard that. If you've been in the Pentecostal circles very long, you've, all, you've heard that numerous times. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. But what I noticed for the first time is what he bookends that statement with. He has gone this, this, this dialogue about how we use our mouth, and he says, watch the way you talk. And then he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Then he comes at the end of that, and he says, make a clean break from this type of communication. In other words, what he's trying to teach us is that by what comes out of our mouth, we have the ability to impact God. Are y'all with me this morning? See, here's the truth. Here's the reality for most of us. We always focus on behavior when we want to deal with breaking God's heart. But we very seldom ever take the time to stop and think about what we say has an impact on God's heart. What we say has the ability to break God's heart. And so we, we make these statements when we talk about prayer. From my lips to his ears. I got news for you. From what, come out, what comes out of his, your lips always goes to his ears. And he's always able to hear you. And it always impacts God. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. See, we are desperate to hear from God. We always say things like this, God, let me hear you. Speak to me, God. But here's a life-changing thought that we may need to consider. God hears us. He is impacted by what we say. We can literally, our words have the ability and the power, the innate ability and power in them, contained in them, to literally break God's heart. Grieve, the word used there that, that is translated grieve means this, to pain, to hurt, to cause sorrow. I want you to stop and, and just meditate on that for just a second. The words that came out of your mouth this morning could have grieved, could have caused sorrow in the heart of God. Our communication impacts the God realm. God hears what we say, and it can produce pain in our leader, but that isn't all. It goes on further than that. That's not all. Our, our words have the ability to break his heart, but that's not all they have the ability to do in the, in the heavenly realm. Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 18 that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, and, and we, as Pentecostals, we, take, we think that's about taking authority, and it is, and all that kind of stuff. But, but you've got to put it in context in the day that Jesus was talking. Jews of that day understood that Binding and loosing were literally a declaration that was made. Did y'all get that? It was literally a statement that they made. They declared, I take authority over that. I bind that. I loose that. And Jesus is saying that our, our words have so much power contained in them that we literally have the ability to bind, to bring into, to, 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 um, to defeat if you will to to stop the effects of to cease that that thing from continuing by the power of our words and by the power of our declarations we can literally loose blessings on people y'all y'all come on now you got to get with me this morning and understand that the words that are coming out of your mouth they have a heavenly impact and there is authority that is released what you de what you declare brings the force 
and the power and the resources and the impact of the kingdom to bear. You're not just talking. You're talking. Yeah, you're, you're just not talking. There, there are no idle words. There are no conversations that are not heard by God. There's no backroom discussions that he can't get to. There's no safe room you can go hide in. And I hope it's far enough away from God. And there's enough concrete between me and him that he doesn't hear what I'm saying. There is power in what you say. When you speak, you aren't just speaking with your power. You are literally speaking with his power. That is why we must be extremely careful but, and, and, and very aware of what comes out of our mouths. That, so so, so I've got to ask you some questions then. What are you saying about your kids? Yeah. What are you saying about your spouse? Because when you're talking, you're not just talking, you're talking. You are literally declaring the words of God over them and to them, and it has impact in what you declare on earth, is de- and it comes to bear. And Sometimes we just get what we talk about. What have you declared about your health? What have you declared about your job? What are you talking about? You are bringing the power of a different realm to bear into this realm. I want you to catch this statement. Heaven is ushered into the earth through our mouths. What we talk about is released by what that power is released by what we say. See, I think one of the key issues for us is that we continually underestimate the power and the authority and the impact of our words. Alien communication has power. It has the power to destroy. It has the power to build. It has the power of life. It has the power of death. Our tongue contains all that. It is our weapon. God realm. But then James comes along and he says, there's another realm that your word has impact in. Not only do your words have impact in the the God realm, they also have impact in the earthly realm. He declares this, that a, a word out of our mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything. That's a powerful statement. It's, then he goes on and he says, it can also destroy anything. He literally makes this statement that, that our words can literally change the atmosphere around us. Anybody experienced that before? He says it like this, your words have the ability to, talk, to turn harmony into chaos. I know y'all have never experienced that, right? Isn't it interesting that there are people in our lives that right at the right time, they always are wrong time, they're, they're, <laughs> they're always right on time, and they say the wrong thing, and our good day turns to a bad day simply by what they say or type into Facebook. Yeah. Why? Because our words have power not only in the heavenly realm but in the earthly realm and that, that, that word can change the atmosphere around us. In fact, he goes on and he says, look, you can turn harmony to chaos. You can ruin a person's life. You ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. We can ruin a reputation. We can destroy the world with our tongue. Man, I don't know about you, but Man, that's a, that's a great gift, but that's also a terrible gift. We, we've forgotten what Peter Parker taught us in Spider-Man. It wasn't really Peter Parker. It was his uncle or whatever the old guy was. I don't remember. Grandpa, what a uncle. He, he looked at Peter, and he says, you remember this? With great power comes 
great responsibility. And most of us throw words around without ever really stopping to think about what we are saying when we don't, because we don't recognize that when the words pass through our lips, it is like we are literally shaping the atmosphere around us. When it comes to our talk, we have a responsibility. I just want to tell you that when, when you deal with your talk, what you talk about on a daily basis, you're playing with a loaded weapon. There are no meaningless words. When, when we talk, we have a mandate to use the power that God has given us for good. So do we allow our tongue to produce life in others? Or do we wield our alien tongue as a sword and everywhere we go, it, we leave a path and a swath of destruction behind us because of what we say? Some of us just need to be quiet. Oh, it turned mean on you all of a sudden. Some of us just need to use the, to, to take the, the dirty words. You remember those? Shut up. Some of us just need to shut up. Because we're not doing what God said, and we are wielding our tongue and creating chaos and pain and ruin, and we don't even know it. So in other words, we got to watch our mouth. I've used this term before. I'm going to use it again because I think we need to be reminded. We must become mouth managers. Where when, we, when we're going through the daily motions of life, we recognize at the... See, everything you think in your head, you don't have to say. Yeah, yeah. Everything that passes through these two ears, I don't have to say it. I, I have a gate right here. And some of us would do good to stop and think before we talk because we are literally ushering power and wielding power from the heavenly realm, bringing it to the earthly realm, and we underestimate the power that we have. Alien communication. we got to watch our mouths. You are literally shaping your world and the world of others by what you say. That is why it is also extremely important for you to guard your own ears and, what, and be careful about who you listen to because who you are dialoguing with and talking to and who's posting on your Facebook and who's texting you, they are literally shaping your world by their comments. And Sometimes you've got to cut some folks out. What you can hear can destroy your dream, your hope, your health, or it can produce greatness, and it can produce faith, and it can produce healing. You've got to check who you listen to. The, the second thing that we learn from this passage is not only does our communication have two-realm impact, uh, the other thing that we learn is that alien talk should be alien. It's profound, isn't it? I worked all week on that one statement right there. Alien talk should be alien. I, I just, I'm thankful that we are given very explicit instructions on what our type of talk should be. We, we're not left to guess. The, the writers don't say, well, you just figure it out. No, they give us very in, explicit instructions on what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. If you want to know how a child of God, an alien, a stranger, somebody that's passing through, if you want to know what we should talk about and what we shouldn't talk about, it's in black and white. Y'all ain't going to like it, but that's all right. I didn't write it. I'm just going to read to you what the writer says, and then you can figure out whether or not you want to live by it and understand that if you don't, well, yeah. Okay. Let's look at the list. Let's see what he says. The writer says this. Number one, no lies. Truth is a mandate for us. 
It is a hallmark of an alien. If you spend time around somebody and all that comes out of their mouth is lying, I can re you can rest assured and you can identify the fact that they're not an alien. They may be a politician, but they're not an alien. Because we are instructed as children of the king not to lie. In other words, our mouth should be full of truth. I, uh, it's, it's a good thing that Christians never practice lying. Yeah. How, how do you look? Oh, that's just not your color. You sure I look good in this? It's just not your color. No, you look terrible in that. Take that thing off. Right? But we'll, we'll, we'll cover it up and lie about it. Somebody come up to you and share, share their need. I'll be praying for you. That's the one. We like that one too. Yeah, you ain't prayed about it all week. But that's what we're supposed to say, and, it, and whether we recognize it or not, it becomes a lie. I'm trying to help you this morning. We should live up to our word. As an alien, uh, we should be people that we speak the truth in love, but we speak the truth. Why? Because if they can't depend on our word, then they won't believe the word of our leader. When we lie, it makes Jesus look bad. I, I thought about preaching a whole sermon series called uh, When Christians. When Christians lie. When Christians steal. When, see, y'all don't want me to preach that when Y'all hoping I'll be on vacation that month. I, uh, it, when we do that kind of stuff, it presents a very bad image of our leader. And then they don't want, when you lie just as much as your coworkers lie. The second thing he says is, that not only should there be no lies in your mouth, he goes on and he says this, nothing foul or dirty should come out of our mouths. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. In other words, what's in the well always comes up in the bucket. Right? Yeah, the, the, these words, our language, and the topic of our language is not only a direct reflection of our heart, but it is also a direct reflection of our leader. Ephesians 5 says it like this. It says, no obscenity, no foolishness, no coarse joking. One version says it like this. Translate that passage and says this. No worthless words. No worthless words. In other words, if, if you, if the, the words you're choosing don't add to the conversation, if they're filler, you ought to pass them on. See, it is not only our lifestyle, but it is our language that reveals who we are. So the question this morning is not are certain words acceptable in this culture. The real question, the one that should cause us to pause and think before we use words and terms, is whether or not they are acceptable in his culture. And if they are not acceptable in his culture, it doesn't matter that everybody else thinks it's cool. I, I, I just, can I just be straight up with you? I'm just going to be really transparent. I'm sick and tired of hearing Christians curse. Well, it's not a curse word overseas. Well, baby, you live in the United States. 
and I know it's acceptable in our culture, but it's not acceptable in his culture because it puts a bad image and taste in people's mouths. Our conversation, our language, and the terminology we use should be different because they're worthless words. I will never forget as a young man about six or seven years old in a little bitty Pentecostal church in Anadarko, Oklahoma, a gentleman stood up and he said, I decided before I ever got saved that I was never going to curse. He was probably 40 when he stood up and said, that, he said, I'm never going to curse, not because at the time I made the decision that it was a moral issue. He said, I'm just not going to do it because it doesn't add anything to the conversation. Haven't y'all watched a movie when they use curse words and you go, well, they, they could have left that out. It didn't impact the storyline. Well, why do you think you got to say it? What does it add to the conversation? Are the words that we choose and the topics that we choose to discuss acceptable by the standards of the king we represent? We're aliens, y'all. We're supposed to sound different. We're not supposed to blend in with our conversation and because everybody else is, I'll just use those terms because it makes them comfortable. No. You're supposed to be making them uncomfortable. Next thing he says is this, no gossip. Oh, shoot. Uh, you know, the truth is, as long as you're just expressing concern, it's okay, right? I'm, just kinda, I'm not gossiping. I'm just expressing my concern so you can help me pray. No, you're not. You, you got information that somebody else needed so you can feel important. No gossip. It does, no wiggle room. You can't, you can't negotiate out of this. No gossip. Okay. Y'all don't have to like me. I didn't write it. Why do we love to gossip so much? Does it make us feel that important? That's how we destroy people's worlds. That's why we don't even feel safe to come into the body anymore and share our needs. That's why we can't even really bear one another's burdens the way God intended because we're scared that if I tell you something, you'll tell everybody. And so we have to keep guards up. And I, I'm, How you doing? I'm blessed. No, you're not. You're destroyed in your life, but you won't share it with anybody because you're afraid they'll tell everybody on Facebook. We, we've come to this place where we share intimate secrets and intimate information and never stop to think that the writer says, no gossip. And then he goes on and he says this, no religious talk. What? I thought, I thought it was our special Christianese that made us holy. Yeah, if I, if I can say, like, say words like sanctification and regeneration. I wished our words made us holy. That would be much easier, y'all. If we could just learn the right phrases and say them and that would make us holy. But I just came to tell you that, that he says that religious talk, although it sounds spiritual and it sounds holy, the, the writer says that religious talk makes God angry. That's why when I tell you to go out and talk to people about Jesus, I don't want you to freak them out by using church terms. Have you been sanctified today? What? What does that mean? Have you, have you been, have you had, had a regeneration moment in your life? What? Are you a freak? What are you talking to me about? I don't understand. Why don't you just walk up to him and say, hey, I just want to tell you about Jesus. He loves you. That's not spiritual enough. Listen, our words don't make us holy. Our words reveal if we're holy. Y'all didn't hear me. Our words don't make us holy. It's what 
they reveal about we try to convince people that we're more spiritual than we are by the terms that we use and I'm trying to tell you that he says we're not supposed to do that so how should we talk he says that our dialect should be edifying what does that mean it means to build up Everything that we say, everything that we comment on, everything you type into Facebook, every text you send, every dialogue that you have with someone, you should stop and think this before you send it, write it, text it, type it, speak it. Does it build somebody up? Because that's how aliens are supposed to talk. And it's what I am saying, building anybody and making them better than they were before I said it. I just would like to submit to you that that would probably fix most marriages. <laughs> y'all are quiet this morning. Uh, y'all scared to say anything, ain't you? Edify. Build up. Our dialect is supposed to be marked by thankfulness is what he says. Have you thanked God or anyone else for what you have in life? Have you? Is your conversation marked by thankfulness and a, and a sense of gratitude? Or would anybody consider you thankful or would they consider you demanding? There ain't room for divas in the kingdom. We're supposed to be marked by thankfulness building one another up, appreciative. Are we appreciative or are we entitled? So our talk sets us apart. Perhaps we need to go back to the Old Testament and I think it would do us good sometimes to have one of those Isaiah moments where he has this encounter with God and it's almost like he's looking into a mirror. How many of you know that when you have a real encounter with God, it causes this reflection thing to happen and you see all your issues. Yeah, That's what happens in Isaiah's life. He's standing before God and he's seeing God and he says, you know what, I recognize that I've got this issue and he, he cries out and he says, I'm ruined. Why is he ruined? He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Of all the things he could have said, I, 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 I'm a bad guy, I have a bad temper, I, I, I mistreated my family, I, I didn't work as hard as I should have worked. He says, when I look into God's face, the first thing that comes to me is I'm a man of unclean lips. And then he says, I live among a people of unclean lips. And you know the story, the Bible says that an angel comes and takes a coal off the altar and places it on his lips and cleanses him. And then he is released to be used by God. There's a progression here that we need to understand. If we could ever understand this as aliens, we would be released to be used by God. Most of us want to be used by God and released by God to be used with power and authority. But we won't ever let God deal with our mouth. And so when we tap into his power, then we use our mouth wrong and we hurt people. And we destroy things. And we say things we shouldn't. 
And Isaiah got it right. He said, look, I see you, God, and when I see you, I recognize that I'm a man of unclean lips. I want to be used by you. Here am I, send me. I want to go and represent you. And before that can take place, God cleanses his lips. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that God wants to use us, but for most of us, what needs to take place is we need to have a cleansing moment where he purifies our lips and what we talk about and how we talk and how we dialogue and how we interact with one another with our words. And if he could ever deal with our mouth, then we would be positioned for sending. He got his mouth right. And he instantly became a person that God could use. And I, week after week, try to encourage you to allow God to use you. But maybe we need to start with our mouths. Because if we could ever let him get a hold of this, these and these are no problem anymore because he's got us then. I want you to stand with me this morning. Aliens should communicate differently. Our talk should be different, not just our lifestyle, but our talk. Father, this morning, I pray that you would speak truth to us. God, I pray that even at this moment, we would begin to think about our communication. God, I pray every person under the sound of my voice would examine their own talk. God, if there are individuals in this room this morning that their conversation is marked by lies or conversations marked by gossip or conversations marked by unclean things, I pray that we would recognize this morning that those things build a barrier between us and God and they produce power and bring destruction. Father, I pray that this morning you would remind us again of the supernatural power that we have in our tongue. When we speak, things happen. When we say things, there is an immediate response in the heavenlies. And there's also an immediate response in the earthly realm. And so, Father, I pray that you would take these aliens in this room right now. And you would let our words line up with who you are. We don't want what we say to grieve you. I don't want my conversation to hurt you. I don't want to cause you any sorrow. I want to be able to release your authority and power and bring to bear the government of your kingdom into this place with the words that you place in my mouth. Cleanse my lips, I pray in Jesus' name. This is how I think I want us to end this morning. I just want you to take a few moments and if you would come and find a place to pray let's come up front together this morning for just a few moments if you just come and kneel for a few moments or or you can stand if you'd like and then I'll close this out with prayer but I just want you to take a few moments and really concentrate on on your words God what have I been saying that I shouldn't be saying what have I been talking about that I should not talk about what is the topic of my conversation Let's surrender our mouths to Him because if we can surrender our mouths to Him at that moment, we will be positioned to be released and used by God.
Father, this morning, we ask you to take our words. God, help us to speak correctly. God, I pray that you would allow me to use the right words when I speak to my children. God, I pray that my words would be edifying to my wife. I pray that the words that I use in conversation with friends and loved ones and acquaintances and the people I come into contact contact with on a daily basis, God, I pray in Jesus' name that every word that proceeds out of my mouth would edify, would be filled with the spirit of gratitude and thankfulness, I, I pray, that, God, they would feel built, built up by having a conversation with me, that they wouldn't feel destroyed, they wouldn't feel torn down or damaged. God, I pray over every individual in this body that we would be builders and not destroyers. God, I pray we would manage our mouth, manage what we say, manage what we type. Let the conversation that comes out of us reflect you. Cleanse our lips so that we can be used by you, sent by you, established by you. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, O oh God, I pray. Let us produce life and not death. Father, we'll give you the glory and the honor, the power and the praise. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, look at your neighbor right next to you and say, What you talking about? It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.